This week on a special episode of Talking Central Arizona Sports, a look at the region's own semi-professional soccer team. Hello everyone, my name is Torrance Dunham and welcome to a weekly podcast catching you up on the latest with Central Arizona sports teams. Part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 podcast network, the show features game previews and recaps along with interviews with coaches and players and much more. The show this week puts a spotlight on OJBFC, a soccer team based in Chino Valley that is part of the United Premier Soccer League Division 1. The club with its semi-professional team as well as its youth programs works on instilling confidence, fearlessness, technical mastery, and field vision, along with complete control of both ball and opponent, according to the official website at ojbfc.com. They play their home games at Bradshaw Mountain High School in Prescott Valley. The club also has a new facility coming soon near the airport, featuring multiple fields that will focus solely on soccer and growing the sport in the central Arizona region. Director of Coaching Giorgi Manzula joins the show to talk more about the club. But first, this special episode of Talking Central Arizona Sports is brought to you by Yavapai Plumbing and Heating. Winter is here. Can your heater handle it? Yavapai Plumbing and Heating will keep your home warm and toasty all winter long. Go to ypeinc.com to schedule your service. That's ypeinc.com. Joining the show now to discuss Central Arizona's own semi-pro soccer team is the director of coaching, Georgie Manzola. Coach, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So how long have you been the director of coaching? And uh, tell us a little bit about your background in the sport. Uh, so before, uh, I guess before I uh, speak on my current role, I have to go a little bit back on my background. Uh, I'm a native of uh, Republic of Georgia. Uh, Eastern Europe, moved to the States. Uh, I was uh, 14 years old, so I was 16 years ago. Um, so then I, you know, I came over from the uh, big soccer culture uh, in Europe. Um, and, you know, just moving to the States, it was completely different than what I was used to, um, the culture and the approach towards the game. Um, then I, you know, got involved, obviously, as a player work my way through, you know, uh, playing in the youth academy systems through uh, going to college, uh, you know, playing uh, NCAA Division One level, um, you know, and then uh, after college going to Europe, um, just, just you know, um, just being all around South America as a player, in Europe as a player. Then I got the experience as a, being a head college coach in New York City. Um, then, you know, my current role uh, after years of coaching is uh, director of coaching at uh, OJBFC uh, in Arizona uh, at the moment. So I guess I've been, uh, to answer your question, uh, being the director of coaching here uh, at Ojogo Bonito Football Club for about nine months now. Gotcha. So uh, how long has OJBFC been around for and uh, why was the club started? So OJBFC has been around, I would say, about 40 years now, a fairly new club compared to the rest of the clubs around. Uh, the reason that club started um, uh, was because, you know, like-minded people like myself realized uh, that, you know, 
things have to be done differently than how it's been run in the United States. Um, you know, to give the give kids one, provide the platform for kids, uh, make it affordable as possible. So uh, we are not pricing the kids out of the game. Uh, it, it is very expensive to play soccer in America at the moment. So I guess the idea behind was to, you know, uh, fund the programs and um, start a club. So uh, kids who are not, you know, fortunate enough to, you know, pay and play have opportunities to come and play for our club. Gotcha. Uh, so um, what does uh, OJBFC kind of continuing on that conversation? Uh, what does OJBFC do for the young athletes in central Arizona being able to play on the team? Uh, so we, we don't, one, we don't turn any kid away, regardless of the level. We, we believe that uh, the game is for everybody, whether it, the kid is a high level player or someone that who is just going into the game to experiment, right? To see if they like it or not. Uh, we have, uh, you know, various levels. We have developmental programs, we have academy programs, and we have uh, all the way up to semi, semi-professional level. So the difference is we give every kid an opportunity to come and develop their skills um, compared to, you know, um, most of the clubs, um, they select players bigger, stronger, faster. Uh, for us is, uh, you know, way we train the kids is not based on the athletic ability of the kid. We, what differentiates us from the rest is um, we take a more uh, holistic approach, which is, you know, uh, developing the soccer intelligence. So we teach that from a very young age. Uh, the training sessions are uh, taken from one of the best clubs uh, in the world, such as FC Barcelona in Spain and the uh, IEX Academy in Netherlands. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we have, we are working with some of the best soccer minds in the world, Tovo Soccer Academy, which is based out of Spain and the Cruyff uh, Institute, which is, you know, uh, one of the most legendary players, Johan Cruyff. Um, we take the curriculums from them. We speak to some of the best soccer minds in the world to evaluate our curriculum, how we should approach the game. Very, very few clubs in the States do this. Uh, we base the training sessions um, to put the kids in the environment where they are constantly thinking and are being challenged, not only physically, but mentally to always, um, you know, think outside the box, uh, think rather than just be, you know, physical, which is, which has been the game model in the United States for forever now. Big, physical, strong players um, get selected and, you know, kind of smaller players who don't have as much physical uh, abilities get kind of shoved in the back. But if you look at the just the game in soccer, if, you know, uh, some of the best players are in the world are smallest players. So if uh, I guess if they were to be born and raised in the United States, they would never play soccer just because they are not as big and strong as uh, players that, you know, um, U.S. likes to select. So uh, what is kind of the age group of the, of the players that play on uh, OJBFC? And what is the importance of not only providing that um, professional level of training and coaching, but also providing a platform uh, for those players? So we have um, we have players anywhere from uh, five years old, all the way up to um, you know youth uh, U fifteen U sixteen level, uh, and then we have a semi professional level players uh, that are currently playing in the United Premier Soccer League. Um, 
UPSL is one of the biggest amateur leagues in America. Um, so everybody from the bottom to the top trains the same way. Of course, the training sessions are modified to their level. Um, the platforms are for the youth level kids. We are trying to create Jamboree style of tournaments where we work with the other clubs to create tournament uh, style once a month. Um, so kids are, you know, being trained throughout the weeks and end of the month they have, um, you know, tournament to look forward to go play a bunch of games with, you know. Um, so they are not always traveling an uh, hour and a half to two hours to play weekly basis. Um, we believe that that's uh, critical for kids to not travel a lot at a younger age so they do not get burned out. So we really strive to provide the local experience for the kids um, so that they're not always traveling and they're not always getting burned out from the drive. Because in, in my experience, you know, I, some, a lot of the parents are very dedicated in America, which is, I think, is, uh, is something that, you know, parents in the States do, do it right. They commit to their kids. They give, uh, they give them opportunities to go and travel. But what ends up happening for uh, youth youth level is after they turn th 12, 13, they, they don't want to play anymore because amount of traveling they have done. They are kind of burned out. So I guess we are trying to change that approach, uh, create uh, you know local tournaments, uh, events, uh, so they don't have to go too far away to play. Uh, and then as they progress through the rankings and uh, ages and as they get better, we, we try to provide them the right level of play. So, for example, our highest level team is uh, the semi-pro team we have. Uh, for the kids that finish high school, uh, the kids that, you know, do not get opportunities to go to college or professional level, uh, we have a team for that. So it's kind of like a second chance for those kids to continue playing at a very good level and uh, in hopes of, you know, giving them another platform so they can end up going to back to college or if they are talented enough, provide the pathways to become professional players. Are there some, uh, speaking of that, are there some success stories that come to mind um, <clears throat> in the short time that you've been with the club uh, that you've been able to witness or maybe hear about? Yes, uh, I've been here, like I said, like nine months now. Um, so we already have a kid who got the opportunity to go to a local college at Yavapai College. Uh, that's one of many kids that, you know, we are looking to place. I got here over the spring. So now I'm kind of getting my, you know, uh, understanding uh, the area, understanding the kids and, you know, families that I work with because everybody's different, right? So like what one kid needs, other kid might not need that. It also comes down to finding the right fit for kids. Uh, so, you know, some kids might be uh, ready to go to university right away. Some kids might need to go to a junior college to, you know, handle academics because, you know, sending kids to colleges really comes down to can they be successful when they go to college, right? Because everybody's academics levels are different. Uh, so now I've just finished the year uh, with the program. So we are currently in a process of working with uh, younger players, uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old guys who are still young and who are still who still have the future in college. Because we really try to push kids in college because uh, the, in the area up here, um, 
uh, I guess a lot of kids do not get those opportunities. Uh, so I'm, I'm here to um, give those players opportunities. So we are in process of creating highlight videos from the season, getting the transcripts together, uh, you know, um, and just sending it out to the schools to find them uh, right fit. So uh, how to how do both uh, parents, uh, probably for younger younger players, but um, maybe some high school and college players that don't quite know about the club yet, how do they f- uh, find out about you guys and how do they uh, go through the process of joining? How does that process kind of work? Uh, we are on social media, Instagram at OJBFC. Uh, we have a website, OJBFC.com. Um, so you will be able to find a lot of information through the website and through an Instagram page. Uh, we are very easy to reach, uh, whether it's uh, through social media or, um, you know, through the website. Um, and, uh, I guess until now uh, it's been kind of word of mouth. Um, so we, we are trying to grow. We are trying to spread the word of what we are doing here. Um, to have so people ha- can have better understanding what we are all about. And on that website, uh, you uh, you can find more about the club's brand new soccer only facility that's coming soon near the airport. That will have an eleven versus eleven field, nine versus nine field, a four versus four field, and a clubhouse, just to name a few things. What will that pres- uh, what will that facility provide for the club and soccer players of all ages in Central Arizona? So it will be on soccer only facility, right? That's something that's been missing in the area. Um, so, you know, uh, the club decided to go ahead and uh, build this, uh, you know, upcoming year. Uh, so it provides uh, the soccer facility for um, for everybody, right? For the kids in the club. But what's going to be unique about it is. Uh, Besides of the besides of uh, regular practice schedule, kids will be able to come in at any time after school, uh, and uh, just can just go and play, right? Whether it's pickup games, uh, uh, whether it's you know just on their own to practice. Um, so facility will be available for our players to you know really develop the soccer culture, and that that's that's the whole reason behind this because you know if all over all over the world. Uh, which I was lucky enough uh, to be in Europe and uh, in South America. And I got, we got to see as myself and the club president and people who are involved with this project realize that uh, there is no free, uh, free play in America. So other, besides kids just showing up to practice uh, twice a week, they don't really play outside of that. Maybe some do, but majority of kids don't. So, us having the facility where kids can come and uh, play all the time, uh, not just to practice, but for fun. I think that's going to be a, a major factor of the de- uh, soccer development in the area. It's, it's something that it's missing, something that we believe it's key to uh, promote free play. Uh, that's where the kids get to express themselves fullest when, uh, you know, coaching is extremely important. Providing the right curriculum is extremely important, but also, uh, the biggest elements of the player development is free play. Kids get together, show up, uh, play, uh, and they, they get to um, express themselves in a completely different way that they would not be able to do it in practice. 
So that's what's going to be unique about this. On top of that, um, you know, the clubhouse that you mentioned, we are looking to have tutoring. So kids, when they come after schools, they, they have academic help with their homework projects or whatever they have going on in school. So uh, I guess we are attacking this from all angles, make sure kids getting the education and tutoring they need, they're getting to uh, get the right training for soccer, uh, provide the free play platform. Um, and, uh, you know, we are really trying to change how, how uh, you know, the game is being ran. Um, so that's, I, I think that's unique. I think that's something that's going to be extremely important for the, for this area, uh, for the Quad Cities. Um, so to answer your questions, I guess all of the above um, for players to have a home, I guess. Gotcha. Makes sense. Uh, is there a projected uh, date when that facility may open? And I assume that will be the new home of the semi-professional club games, right? Yes. Uh, just be because of uh, cost of how everything is right now um, to build, uh, it's been it's been a bit of a delay. But we are we are hoping that we get the project going um, in the spring. So I, I I'm hoping somewhere around the summertime or 23 fall facility will be up and running. Awesome. Be looking forward to that. But for now, uh, the team plays its home games at Bradshaw Mountain High School in Prescott Valley. When does the new season start, and what type of soccer will people see when they come out to watch the semi-professional club? So uh, we just we, we just finished um, our fall season um, about a week ago. So currently, uh, the club and players are on break for the holidays. We are looking to get back into... Um, training uh in second week of january to prepare for uh season opener in uh, march end of march i believe it's march 26th uh first game of the season um yes it will be at bridge mountain high school um the type of soccer i uh the fans will, should expect to see is possession based soccer uh, which is uh more of a european approach uh, we like to, for any soccer fans that who've been watching the World Cup or uh, know about the game, will uh, understand this. We like to build the possession from the goalkeeper to the defenders to translate the play into the midfield and build it up to the forward. Uh, so we teach that. We believe in that. Um, so we try, our semi-pro team tries their best to uh, represent that style of play. Um so that that team um, is an example of the youth teams. So we try to set an example with our first team, the semi-pro level team. So we really believe that um, we stick to that. We train for that, and you know sometimes it doesn't always look pretty, which is fans and people have to understand. Uh, this style of play t it takes time to develop. It takes years. It takes uh, a lot of work with players to get on the same page. Uh, but that's uh, position style of uh, soccer is what our club is all about. And people will be able to come out and see OJBFC when the season starts back up in March for free, right? Yes, great point. Yes, admission is free. Uh, we want to open it up to everybody um, to create the fan base and create the support that we need. Um, we do not charge any fees for the fans to come um, to experience the game. So... Um, that's something that I think it's it's uh, unique, um, just to grow the fan base. Pro, you know, so anybody just come in and 
uh, enjoy the game. Perfect. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I guess to wrap it up, um, I guess, you know, uh, it's soccer culture in the U.S. versus soccer culture in Europe and South America. Uh, we we have a long way to go here in the United States. Uh, I think that more people should uh, look into, um, you know, different styles of place just to understand that, you know, how what's possible. I think, uh, you know, the soccer in, in, in the United States has always just been based on winning and uh, results from the youth level right right away. Uh, and we do not take the time to develop players, develop culture. Uh, I think that just our clubs, uh, we have to understand that uh, to create higher level players, to develop the higher level IQ for soccer, it takes time, it takes patience to teach the right way uh, how to play the position style of football. Uh, it's not going to happen overnight for any parent that is listening uh, you, you might have to deal with teams losing from, from the beginning, uh, go through these growing pains. But when it all comes together, um, patience, uh, hard work, and um, just knowing and understanding that for the long term, to develop the players right way, develop their game IQ, so we can match the standards of European players and South American players, it's not going to happen overnight. And... Uh, I hope that people really buy into this. I understand the fullest that uh, it's possible. Um, and I'm hoping uh, the game itself develops and we are in a much, much better place as a, as a country and as a nation in the game of soccer. Uh, when, it, when, you know, next World Cup happens in 2026, we'll be hosting. So don't, there is a lot of good things that are happening in uh, in this country, it's just gonna take uh, a lot of people, a lot of clubs, to understand how to develop players. Have all the players, every coach uh, in the club, training the players the same way. Parents buying into it, uh, breaking it down to the parents that what we are trying to teach their kids is crucial. Uh, so everybody's on the same page, and I think when that happens, you know, having over 300 million population, we can, we will be able to produce some of the best talents in the world, but it will take time. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining the show, Georgie. And I hope to hear more from the club in the future as it continues providing an excellent opportunity for uh, soccer players at the youth level, as well as high school and college. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Um, for your help to spread the word about our club, what we are about. Um, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you as well for the future. Once again, you can find more information about the club at ojbfc.com and on all of their social media platforms. I'm Torn Sonam, and this has been a special episode of Talking Central Arizona Sports, part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network. Come on back next week as the winter sports season resumes after the holiday break. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday.